Thank you for joining us at Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today we have Ann Orr of Boards123, and we're going to talk about board diversity. Let's join the conversation. Ann, it is a pleasure to have you on this morning. It's early. I mean, it's early here. (laughs) It's a little foggy outside. Yeah, I'm very excited, yeah. So you and I have had this discussion kind of, I mean, let's go back to March when I got to hear you talk for the first time. Um, and then following through this year has been crazy, right? <laughs> Everything's changed. We yeah, are working from is awesome. So yeah, far. yeah, working from home and <laughs> trying to do the things that we've always done differently, right? So yeah, one of the things that it's, it, you know you and I have been talking about is you know, and let's let's start with why you're doing what you're doing, and and what are you doing? That, that, that's let's start there. What are you doing, and why? Okay. Well, my name's Anne, and I uh, help companies build high-performance boards, and I help them through diagnostics, training, and analytics. So when we met in Derry back in March, that was an amazing day because it was really female-focused, and it was just a real coming together, a real positive energy community-based day event where we all really spent most of the day listening to other female founders share their ideas and their visions and it was really empowering so that's where we met and I suppose it was a really positive moment um, back in March and then about a week later we were in full-on COVID lockdown pandemic mode so I'm really excited to catch up with you today and kind of like bring you up to speed on where my head's at in terms of building better boards, using technology, engaging communities, how we make this change happen. Because when we were together in March, everything has changed. Um, But yet a lot of structures haven't really changed that much. Um, So that's really what I'm about. Um, And the reason why it's important to kind of have these conversations is when I'm looking at building high performance boards, your board is a really important asset to your company, to your nonprofit organization. The people are making decisions, they have oversight, and it's really important to invest time to make sure that that board is fulfilling their role and their duty and their purpose in the best way possible. And But then what does that look like now moving forward after COVID and what does part does technology play in that so yeah I guess there's so many questions in that <laughs> sentence I'm so sorry rant. so yeah no, that, that's, that's fine how long do you have <laughs> <laughs> as much time as you need okay, obviously go ahead. um no in obviously intersectionally technology is always important I mean we're having this conversation you know 2700 miles apart right you know and, yeah. and, and, and and it's fascinating to me right we can have this level of communication I love it yeah. yeah. And the shifting nature of things, like you're talking about boards, you know, used to be, <laughs> we'll, we'll use that kind of archetypical view that people have had about boards. They sit around the table and they discuss meaningful things, right? Yes. Now that we're not sitting around a, a physical table anymore, and we're using technology to try to have these conversations, do you see that diversity of thought for these boards becomes even more important? It's not so much I can't get a read off of you in the same way. I can't understand maybe what you're saying in the same way. So how does technology either detract from or enable more diverse boards in this case? 
Yeah, like, so I've really been obsessing about this all week. And I kind of almost think in terms of boards, a board is a group of people who come together for a purpose. And their purpose is predominantly, you know, oversight, strategy, decision making, managing risk, um, making sure everything is being run correctly in the company or the organization for the for the greater good, for environmental reasons, for social reasons, for governance reasons, for whatever it is. So technology really suits building diversity into that process because you can level down all of the the informal uh, behaviors that might happen naturally uh, when people are physically together. So boards predominantly are pale, male and stale. We do know academic papers for years and years and years, decades going back, know that there is such a huge power dynamic when it actually comes to how board rooms work, board dynamics. So not to take the power away, but actually to, to exchange the power dynamic for a more open dialogue dynamic. And I think that's where the diagnostics, the training, the analytics, the technology all can play a really positive part role in building diverse boards. Um, so that's as opposed to more maybe more informal community settings where there is that physical interaction that's needed because people still need to feel get almost like that soul food moment where they're doing something together with other people maybe for an emotional or a physical maybe it's an exercise group or a mental health reason it's still very important to use technology but also to have some human interaction I think when you're in a board where you're really about listening having open discussion and dialogue and then making decisions technology sits that quite well I think so well, you, you mentioned one of my favorite phrases, you know, a board, and you put it in the context of a board, which is nothing more than a community, right? It's coming together for a common purpose, right? So we always, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's lovely to hear that being recognized. I mean, it maybe it, it rolls off the tongue easy, right? We're coming together for a common purpose. And the common purpose here is our company, right? Um, I think that that's, that's important that people recognize, you know, I've been doing this series on community and it's for a reason. Yeah. We, we sometimes issue community for the sake of, well, we think it's something that's, you know, we don't have to be a part of. Well, we, we actually are. And, you know, technology becomes a good binder. Um, I think to a certain extent, like we've talked about in the past, technology also can become a forcing function of, of community as well. Again, COVID being a prime example of that. All of a sudden, I'm forced to use technology. I'm forced to come together in different ways. And, you know, maybe I prefer that face-to-face -face communication because that emotional yeah. read, like you're saying, that physical connection, that peerage one way or the other um, yeah. becomes important, right? So that, that's awesome. I, lo I love hearing that perspective on things. Uh, going to the diversity of thought, I mean, it's it's right behind your head, it says board diversity, which I think is very, yeah. very, very, very key. So pale, male, and stale, which I have not got out of my head. Yeah, I think it's, it, no, it is so apropos. I mean, we, we think yeah. about it and companies have to, let's go into the forcing function side now, because I think yeah. that's important. Companies are taking out goals and objectives to have, let's say, high level executives now be comprised of more than 50% women or more than 50% of, you know, marginalized communities or minorities or, or, or whatever. Um, 
and that's important from a diversity of thought perspective, but I see it also as being driven by this forcing function of having to have that diversity of thought. In other words, it's, it's both a political smart move to do, right? People are asking for it. People are craving that, that difference of opinion. But also, I think people are starting to understand and recognize that the pale, male, and stale, there's an aspect to it that's great. I mean, there is a perspective there that can be useful, let's say. But if we forget the outliers of that, people that have wildly different opinions or come from a different cultural or religious or orientation experience, they can add so much more to what a company is doing, regardless of the technology, regardless of the foundation of that company, whether it be nonprofit, like you're saying, a service industry, a technical industry, whatever. What are you seeing driving this? What are, what are you, why are people looking for that diversity of thought? Okay. I think the key word is really in the pale male and stale is stale. Um, I think, you know, ev- the reason why people at the executive level are traditionally pale male and stale is because they were the people that had the opportunities to go into the professions, lawyers, doctors, surgeons, and then they just made their way up through the um, through up up the ladder and actually end up around the board table. So yes, we can wait for time to play its part and help diversity along the way or build diversity. But the forcing function is is a great way. I think that you put it in terms of um, putting the right people in the right board seat at the right time with the right attitude. So it's, they're not just there because they are ticking a diversity box. Mm-hmm. They are not there because they um, it's their turn, you know, um, that they earned it and they've just been there long enough to actually, okay, it's, it's Sam's turn now to get a seat or whatever it is. It's because they bring the right energy, the right level of challenge, the right level of strategic understanding, the right level of thought, not just to make the board better, but actually to make the organization better. So who are those people in your company? I mean, that's really what you need to start looking for is it's not always just going to be the accountant. It's not going to be the corporate lawyer who brings this exciting energy mm-hmm. to your board table. It's going to be a marketing person. It's going to be a tech person. It's going to be somebody who really understands where does your company need to be in 5, 10, 15 years time? They are the thought leaders that you need to have on your board. And I guarantee you that they are not accountants, lawyers or doctors. They're not traditionally pale, male and steel. Yeah, there is a little bit of optics going on in terms of initially people are trying to boost their numbers and um, and they're bringing in you know, females or African-American or whatever it is, whatever that demographic is that they're trying to, they're, they're just trying to use the forcing, the, the forcing function is bringing them towards it. But then, uh, but then they'll actually see the benefit of it and um, really understand that if they don't make a change around the table, then their company won't be benefiting in the longer term and won't be able to grow into the whatever it needs to be in the future so that's the challenge the challenge is who are those people in your organization that can actually add that value and you want to invest time in yeah yeah uh, yeah absolutely i think you know, the check mark thing i i think 
the cynic in everyone goes, oh, that's just being done for that's a check mark. So it's a DNI check mark. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's the woman on the board. She, exactly. Know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. The token white female, as they say, you know, as a, sure. at least in my, I don't know if that ages me too much, but the token white, single white female, token white female, or whatever they get pointed there, or the token black person, I think has been tossed around a lot as well. Right. Because you see, yeah, I think it, it's very sector based as well. You know what sure. I mean? So, uh, you know, energy industry uh, or big, big energy companies will be really bad at this. Traditionally, um, cultural and art sector are really, really good at this because they live in a space where they just want to be curious. They just want to be diverse. They only want people who are interested in breaking the rules. So, you know, it, it's it's sector based as much as anything. So. So how can we how can we apply that same kind of arts based break all the rules mentality to these kind of <laughs> pale and male and stale type technology sectors? I mean, technology is technology sector is certainly one of them, right? Uh, I've worked in it certainly, for yes, <laughs> worked in it for a, 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 at least a good solid decade, uh, so I can attest to that. And as being pale and male. And, Hopefully yeah. not stale, <laughs> a little bit different, right? Okay. How do, how do we break down some of those walls, right? I think, you know, one thing that you had mentioned previously was you can have me, but it's going to require you to do this, right? So having that, that kind of challenge to the offer and the challenge to the invitation to be part of this, I'll join your board if yep. you make this a part of that. And that's a, that's kind of, a, that's a forcing function that we've talked about on a way to normalizing that type of behavior. So in your words, in your mind, how do we start to push those bounds? How do we start to get that done? Yeah, I mean, uh, so in the technology space, we'll look at the startups or like, you know, fast growth companies. What you really want to think about is what sort of, uh, people like to talk a lot about culture. You know, oh, I'm going to have my own company. I'm going to build a startup. But then, you know, but the culture is going to be different in my company. This is what my culture is going to be like. I'm going to make sure that, you know, we're the best company in the world to work for. But then they have to actually understand that culture is from the top down, but it's also from the bottom up. So how can we force this to happen? Okay. So I think there's a lot of work that the CEO or the executive team need to do to make sure that they are on top of culture internally in their company. But there's also a lot of work that the board need to do and invest time in actually reflecting that culture, so the cultural behaviors, the makeup of the board should reflect the company. So um, uh, the makeup of the board should also be engaged with who your customers are. Um, So actually looking at who you're, for everywhere from your customers to your supply chain and actually have a sense of ownership about making sure that their voices are represented. This sounds all very technical, I think, right now. So I think in terms of actually what people can practically do, um, uh, what people can practically do is, which is what we talked about before, if you're going to ask somebody to be on your board, have an honest conversation and talk to them about what does that actually mean? What does that look like? What behaviors do you expect that person on the board to do? Do you expect them to show up and be prepared for your board meetings? Do you expect them to make decisions? Do you expect them to be socially or environmentally aware of their ongoing surroundings? So maybe you're not just solely focused on creating financial profit, that you want to do something other. 
And those conversations aren't happening. People who are on boards are generally focused on what your cash flow is, all that sort of stuff. Um, what's your monthly recurring revenue? What's your what's your targets? Okay, and and a lot of those conversations don't happen until something bad happens. So it's important just to start the conversation around those things. Other things that you can do on the board is if you're an experienced board member or you're on a lot of boards, you could. Um, maybe start to think about bringing observers in, um, people from different diverse backgrounds. And even if they're not making decisions, at least just have them at the table so that they are soaking in that experience and they are understanding how to have conversations because we're losing the art of conversation. We're losing the art of um, non-conflict dialogue. Everything mm -hmm. now almost seems to be, it's either, you know, it's an either or situation, we aren't able to just have open conversations um, without feeling threatened in a certain way. And I think technology is unfortunately emphasizing that. So um, yeah, it's just about having conversations with your board members on what you how you expect them to behave and reflect your organization and vice versa. And I think there is a big role that board members can play in investing more time in um, uh, and bringing in new people um, under 30s, diverse backgrounds, all that sort of stuff. And actually making maybe it a requirement that they're happy to sit on the board, but they would like the opportunity to, to work with younger people or diverse backgrounds or diverse thinkers to actually start to, to train up this next generation. That, that, that's an amazing idea. I I don't think I'd ever thought about bringing in the observers. I mean, people tend to be so narrowly focused on all oh, we're going to be discussing the deep, dark secrets of, you know, what happens in this company, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Right. And yeah. being able to bring in somebody that has a perspective that, you know, has, you know, understands the company's value. Right. You want trustworthy people and trust is something I'm evaluating as a separate function of community, which is inherently important. But having someone that's willing to toe the line and say, listen, I'll sit in there. I'll listen. I want to hear the words that you're saying. I'm not going to agree with 100% of what you're saying. That's not my job. My job is to listen and reflect back to you what I've yeah. heard and inject a little bit of that different personality, that different perspective that may be missing. And I think that's huge. I've never heard of, you know, really, truly, I mean, board observers may be in a way of uh, from a startup perspective, right, where I now have my, my investments that they're sitting on there, they have a seat, or they need to come and hear what's going on with their money. But being able to bring somebody from the inside, you know, who's part of the company culture, as you were talking about, and yeah. have them come and listen, I think is huge. And also the training aspect of that, you know, comes along with it. Here's how these processes are done. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to be there for the entire board meeting. They can step out, you know, <laughs> they can step out, you know, and that's that's normal behavior in a board meeting. You know, you cannot you can say, OK, now we're going to talk about some the secret sauce. So now is your moment sure. where you step out. But even just being in the room, observing those learned behaviors that you can't teach people, um, you know, and when I'm saying the room, it could be a Zoom call, it could be, you know, some sort of technology, thing like that. that and, and again, that's the benefit of technology is you can open it out. Um, but it's, would you rather have an executive who understands how a board thinks and operates 
would you rather have somebody who's being fast-tracked through a graduate path, whether it's somebody who is from a non-traditional socioeconomic background or a diverse background that wouldn't have the opportunity, but they've been identified as somebody who's really going to make a massive impact into your company. Wouldn't you rather that they maybe understand where the strategy is in the longer term, how the board thinks? Think of how great an asset that person will be to your company or to their own company when they go out and actually build their own company in the future, when they can actually understand that because I think then what we're trying to do is we're trying to reteach skills to people who um, have no experience like you don't have any framework to put your head around what happens in a boardroom if you don't actually sit in a boardroom um, but not sitting in a boardroom as a passive person where they're, they're there, but then they are allowed to speak. They're given an opportunity. And that's something as well now that's happening with technology is because we don't have those informal um, gestures kind of, you know, work our way in and say, oh, actually, I have a point here. Um, you, you, you have to proactively go around the, the Zoom call and make <laughs> sure that everyone's, you know, it, is that a yes or a no? And every, so you're proactively making sure everyone's voice is heard. And that's that's a great opportunity to speak as little or as much as, as you want as, as, as somebody who's learning the ropes. Um, so, I mean, you know, and I think that's, that's just been recognized by everyone from the top down. I mean, there's, what is it? Let's see, New York Pension Fund. I'm going to go off and put 210 billion dollars right the new york pension fund last year that's how much how much money that they have right mm -hmm. 210 billion dollars okay so they started a project a couple of years ago called a boardroom accountability project mm -hmm. whereas whenever they're actually invest investing their pension funds they want to actually see what your board makeup is about what your board matrix like what's you know what gender race ethnicity blah 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 all this sort so they're looking at that data um just just as a lot of the big pension investment companies are really starting to do so yeah it's time to start caring about this if you uh, if you're looking for investment if you're an investor if you're looking even to you know be on a board yourself one day these are the companies that you want to be looking for, um, people that care about the environment's ESG goals. Um, and that's really where you'll, you will add the most value and you'll get the most value out of your board. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, Jan, <laughs> how can people get a hold of you in order oh. to have you do what you do best? Okay, so I'm in Belfast. Um, I help companies um, build high performance boards. Um, I'm all about helping you get diversity of thought um, into your boardroom. So yeah, just contact me on boards123.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Love LinkedIn. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a community. We're building a community. <laughs> One message at a time. All right. Thank and you, it was Awesome to have you on. I enjoy these conversations so, so much. We'll have to do this again in the future as we get even more diversity on our boards. Well, and uh, I'm, I think I'm going to be seeing you here in a month anyway for the next round of uh, Alistair Cameron's whatever he's thinking of. I keep an amazing guy as well. There's a guy who's pushing diversity of thought and uh, 
and a yeah, Pilates too. Yeah, so. it's all about energy, and he's not stale. <laughs> he's not stale at all. <laughs> he is the opposite. He of is. Uh, we he enjoy is him so so much. And all right, thank you very much. And uh, again, looking forward to the next conversation. Okay. See you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us today at Elemental Collision. If you'd like to know more about Boards123, go to boards123.com. If you'd like to support Elemental Collision, please go to patreon.com slash elementalcollision, and we'd love to have you as one of our family members.